Welcome to another edition of the City Business Edition. This program airs every Friday on the City Breakfast Show. Today, we're trying to understand the nexus between research and innovation for sustainable development. And today, we're going to speak to two very interesting people as part of a program which is funded by the European Union. Now, it's called the Civil Society Organizations in Research and Innovation for Sustainable Development, a program the EU has funded with some nine million euros to really help bring various aspects of our development together by using Ghana CSOs as the implementing partners. They want to link agriculture, social protection and employment to improve the living conditions of our very poor people. Don't forget, recently we discussed multidimensional poverty. To do multidimensional poverty, you need a multifaceted approach. My guest to help us understand these issues, Mrs. Mary Tobinosei, who is the team lead technical assistance team for this project. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bennett. We're also privileged to have Mr. John Nkau, who is the head of programs and policies, Action Aid, who are one of the implementing partners. John, great to have you. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Happy to be here. Great to have you. So, Mary, it's, been, it's good to see you after a long time. <laughs> <laughs> good to see you too, Bennett. What is there us now for the CSO RISE program? Um, the CSO RISE program, as you have beautifully summarized it, is uh, a five years program mm -hmm. that is aimed at promoting employment, mm -hmm. decent job, promoting sustainable agriculture, and also um, social protection for the very poor and the needy. So um, that, is, that is all that CSO RISE is about. And we are working... It's actually the EU that is supporting Ghana mm -hmm. and the public sector, the ministry in charge is the Ministry of Finance. Okay. So the Ministry of Finance, the National Authorization Officer's Office of the Ministry of Finance is, is hosting this program. And we are working through four civil society organizations to be able to achieve this objective. Is this a normal research programs run where a donor agency identifies some area and then picks, I'll call them local CEOs or C CSOs to sort of drive? Is this a normal approach or is it a unique approach? I think this is uh, not that normal as, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a bit unique because it's, it's a collaboration between the EU Mm -hmm. and the Ministry of Finance. Okay. And actually, the EU has contracts with all these civil society organizations mm -hmm. individually. Mm -hmm. And uh, from where I sit, a private entity has been engaged to provide technical assistance. So the Ministry of Finance is the implementer, technically, and the, the civil society organizations are on the ground okay. implementing the individual projects that make up the program. Mm -hmm. And we have a private entity also providing technical assistance. So it's a bit, a bit different from the normal mm. uh, projects that civil society organizations do. You hinted some of the areas. You mentioned employment. You mentioned agriculture. What are the components and what, are, what does each component try to achieve? Right. So the, the, the key components are the, like I said, sustainable agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a strong research component mm -hmm. that research is providing evidence for both policy advocacy as well as technological improvement. Okay. And the research aspect is also looking at how agriculture can be sustained to minimize 
the effects and the impact of climate change. And there is the social protection component where all the, the grantees, all the civil society organizations have integrated one social protection component or the other to support the poor farmer at the at the grassroots level. Okay. And uh, we also have the employment aspect mm-hmm. where this project, all the partners have some component supporting not just the numbers in employment, the jobs created, but also the decency of the jobs that are, you know, people are doing in these sectors. So who are the implementing partners and how are they selected? All right. How so we have four yeah. implementing partners. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Action Aid, mm-hmm. and that's why uh, John is here with me. Okay. Um, we have Sarat Development Organization. Okay. So Action Aid is actually working on promoting opportunities for sustainable agriculture, social protection, mm-hmm. and decent work. Okay. Action Aid is doing a lot more of the advocacy, policy advocacy at the broader level, mm-hmm. and then we have. The Center for Local Government Advocacy mm-hmm. and also an NGO that is leveraging on ginger and fish value chain to promote access to decent work. Actually, what C- CLGA is doing is they are into even producing the ginger and also building infrastructure for aquaculture using collaborating with the district assemblies and really using the youth and the women at the community levels. And the interesting part is that the district assemblies are so much, you know, into this project. And at the end of the four years for the grant partners, all this infrastructure will go back to the district. And they they are not just producing the ginger. They also have infrastructure to process the ginger. So it it cuts across the value chain. Mm -hmm. And they are also looking at how this processed ginger will be manif- uh, will be exported. Okay. So that is about um, CLGA. Mm-hmm. And then we have Surat Development Organization, mm-hmm. one of our grant partners who is also promoting efficient fish smoking technologies. They are also doing capacity building, community education on climate change, and enhancing knowledge access and access on social protection. So Surat, uh, the CDO, they are actually introducing... A, a new and efficient and more efficient technology mm-hmm. for smoking fish. Okay. And uh, they are not just doing that, they are also promoting this uh, some of these social protection opportunities that government has al- already instituted, mm-hmm. like the national health insurance and other things, and seeing how the fish farmers wow. will benefit from that. And then the last but not the least of our partners is SIS. Uh, SIS, mm-hmm. the name is <laughs> Corporation, some Italian uh, company. Mm-hmm. So I'll just call them SIS. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are into the research. Okay. They are conducting research, also collaborating with some local universities and uh, some Italian universities. And their research they are linking sustainable agriculture and organic waste management. Mm. Also looking at how they can protect uh, decent work and promote decent work. And they are also supporting the smallholder women and, oh my God, yeah. the smallholder women and uh, okay. also for ecological balance now, and all very that. Typically, these projects have geographical areas of focus. They are geographical areas of focus, right? Mm. So talk to me about which districts or regions are benefiting from this program because I don't 
want to assume that these are national projects. They they have definitely be focused on specific areas, right? Yes, yes. Um, we are actually covering many of the regions mm -hmm. in the north. In okay. fact, all the regions here. So we are in, in mm -hmm. northern Savannah, Upper East, mm -hmm. Upper West. We are also operating in the Bono East region. Mm -hmm. And in the south, mm -hmm. we are operating in central and western regions. Okay. So those are the... So coverage. all the regions of the north and then western and, and central. And then western and central, yeah. So and the, the districts are so many, I can't list them all. In one of the areas, you said the CSO was working in sustainable agriculture. And then you said you are linking that to social protection and poverty reduction. What is the relationship between sustainable agriculture and poverty reduction or social protection? All right. So you know that the issue about climate change is a big issue. Mm -hmm. The climate is changing. Agriculture in itself is changing. Mm -hmm. But um, many of our farmers are still using the old technologies that they know and doing farming the same way. So because the climate is changing, their livelihoods are being cut off, mm -hmm. you know. And so sustainable agriculture is about ensuring that the agriculture that you do is sustained, is, is, is climate friendly, does not make the environment worse. And, and also it's, it gives you the required livelihood for a long time. Mm. So that is what we are doing, linking that with decent work. Mm -hmm. Remember, in this project, we are not just talking about job creation. We are actually creating the jobs mm -hmm. and introducing the innovation, mm. the technology, also leading farmers through the value chains. So we are not just saying um, these villagers should come and farmers should come and produce ginger, mm -hmm. but we are giving them the technology to process the ginger, wash them, dry them, put them into powder, package them and export them. Mm. So if you talk about poverty and wealth creation through the sustainable way of doing agriculture and taking care of the value chain. We are taking care of the livelihood of these poor farmers and making sure that they are able to create wealth and able to live a better life. What kind of agriculture practices are these uh, grant partners focusing on? And why are they focused on these practices? Um, the grant partners themselves um, are not ones doing the agriculture. Okay. They are facilitating the, the processes in the communities, in the districts that they are working in, if, mm. if, if you get what I mean. And uh, they are introducing the new technology. So for instance, Surat CD, CDO is in central region, in western region, supporting fishmongers. So CDO is not now going to start smoking fish, but they are introducing a new technology that would prevent the ordinary fishmonger from hurting her eyes and having aflatoxin in the fish that we all eat. But then this technology is helping the fishmonger to, to have a better life, a decent work, and also have a better food on our table for all of us, you mm -hmm. know. So they are, they are using diverse uh, technology. I can't talk about the 
aquaculture that uh, CLGL is doing mm -hmm. in the Bono region. Okay. They are also introducing the state-of-the-art technology. They have the infrastructure being built. The, the farming is not the normal hoe and cutlass farming. They are introducing mechanized farming and all this infrastructure because they are collaborating they are collaborating strongly with the district assembly and with the chiefs and the elders, community leaders. All will be left in the communities with the district assembly supervising and hopefully um, they will continue operating even okay. after the project. Let's talk about the length of the project. How long is the project or the program going to last? The, the project, the program itself is a five years program, mm -hmm. but the grantees, the grant partners have four years to implement the, their project. Mm. And we have consciously integrated sustainability. Mm -hmm. And so all of them are working with some government agencies and in the district, they are working with the district assemblies to ensure that beyond the project, you know, the, the things that they initiate, the innovations mm. would continue. This is the City Business Edition. We're talking to two functionaries of a very interesting program. It's called the Civil Society Organizations in Research and Innovation for Sustainable Development, or CSO RISE program, funded by the EU. My guests are Mrs. Mary Tobin, who's the lead technical assistance team. And of, we also have John Nkau. He heads programs and policies at Action Aid. When we come back, we'll talk to John about Action Aid before we come back to Mary again. Stay with us. Welcome back to the City Business Edition. Today, we're talking about the CSO RISE program, Civil Society Organizations in Research and Innovation for Sustainable Development, where we're trying to link sustainable agriculture to poverty reduction and social protection. We are speaking to Mary Tobin, who's the technical assistance team lead. And I also have John Inkow, Head of Programs and Policies at ActionAid, one of the implementing partners. So, John, welcome again. So, thank you very much. Tell Daniel. me a bit about ActionAid. Who are you guys? What do you do? Yeah, ActionAid is um, uh, a women's rights, if you like, development organization affiliated to ActionAid International. Okay. We have more than 30 years' experience in working in Ghana, rooted at the community levels. We have been contributing to Ghana's development through our country strategy paper, Christine's mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, People Action for uh, Social Justice. Mm -hmm. We are also interested in uh, confronting, if you like, poverty. And as part of our development objectives, we are also working to promote um, uh, gender equality and uh, uh, resilient uh, development across our communities. So Action Aid Ghana, yes, we are working with this project and we want to be able to share our experience at mm. this juncture. So your intervention here is promoting opportunity for sustainable agriculture, social protection and decent work in the agrarian sector. Why did you select this project and how has it been so far in the communities? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, actually, it, as I mentioned earlier on, has very good development experience in terms of working with community people. Mm -hmm. By working with them on daily basis, with our staff embedded in our communities, mm. we understand their development challenges day in, day out. Okay. As a result of that, through a series of projects that were aimed at, you know, addressing some of these development challenges, have made us Ghana enormous development experience. Mm. Particularly, we understand that um, climate change vulnerabilities are increasingly growing in our communities. We also understand that there are a lot of weather variabilities. We also understand that a lot of seeds that mm -hmm. our people have traditionally been using, you know, are 
of recent times mm -hmm. uh, not been the best as a result of uh, resilient climate uh, agriculture. Mm -hmm. And therefore, Action Aid, working in collaboration with the EU, uh, has come out with this project, which is geared towards, you know, um, um, contributing to poverty reduction in Ghana through economic uh, development, adoption of environmentally sustainable agriculture policies and practices, and greater access to uh, social protection. Mm -hmm. We also talk more about social protection because beyond combating climate change vulnerabilities, Mm -hmm. they are also uh, 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 there is also an interconnection mm -hmm. with what can we do within this milieu of challenges of climate change within the fact that our environment is becoming more and more uh, 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 suffering from desertification if you go to northern Ghana we are talking a lot more in terms of droughts mm. and so what are some of the social protection uh, schemes mm. that government has put in place one Mm -hmm. How are those social protection schemes contributing towards development change mm -hmm. and changing the livelihoods of these resource poor people on the ground? Mm -hmm. And three, what evidence are we generating mm. to be able to play a loop back to government mm. working through these resource poor people? For example, mm. we talk about smallholder farmers, women, young people, and you know the challenges of unemployment. And you know the fact that if you go to the northern area, we have one weather condition, or if you like, one raining season. And so for a considerable period of time, most of them uh, are found idling. And so we need to tap their energy levels in a way that we can invest it in social protection programs, in a way that we can provide alternative livelihood uh, uh, schemes so that they can be more economically productive and contribute to Ghana's economic development mm. during the dry season. And so okay. these have influenced us mm -hmm. packaging these challenges and turning them into development opportunities mm. with funding from EU uh, uh, to be able to implement these and change life. At the How has it gone so far? What are some of the successes the project has chalked in your view? Yeah, basically in terms of the resource areas, mm -hmm. uh, as uh, Mary Tobin mentioned, we are looking more in terms of how can we influence national level policies, mm -hmm. regional level policy decision making, mm -hmm. even at the district level. Okay. In regard to the aforementioned challenges that I indicated. Okay. Beyond that, uh, what we are doing or what we have done, uh, to go straight to your point, is working through the agencies of smallholder women farmers, working through the institutions or people's organization of young people in a way that empowers them to be able to, one, identify their development challenges and through the support of evidence research, they are able to uh, embark on joint advocacy campaigns at the community level. And so we are working through a number of civil society organizations. For example, we are working with about 150 civil society organizations to achieve this objective. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we are uh, very much interested under this project to increase smallholder farmer resilience. Mm -hmm. I have uh, mentioned a lot more about uh, climate change. We are looking at how can we be more effective in promoting biodiversity preservation. Until mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mary has mentioned that, look at sustainable agriculture practices. Mm -hmm. She has already mentioned that we are looking at how to work with the youth, for example, in what we call livelihood clusters. Fantastic. So, for example, during the dry season, mm -hmm. how can young people engage in nutritional gardening okay how can we create opportunities 
deploy technology in a way that they can pump water mm-hmm. from the rivers and undertake uh, those forms of agriculture production. We promote agroecology. What that means is that we are looking more in terms of organic agriculture development, where we're using compost, where we are using uh, resilient seeds, um, where we are ensuring that we minimize, you know, chemicalization of our farms mm. through, uh, 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 if you like, unbridled application of fertilizers. Mm-hmm. That is critical. And so this will ensure that farmers or the young people mm. are producing organic farm products okay. or vegetables that they can feed uh, many Ghanaians. Usually for such programs, one of the things you want to see is local ownership where yeah. people demand what you're doing. It's not like you've gone there to say, hey, guys, yeah. don't do this, don't do that. Then they say, well, the man has come from Accra again. Let's do what he wants. Good. How do you ensure that the people who are benefiting actually buy in so that when the project even ends, they don't go back to those practices? Fantastic. And that is where uh, Mary mentioned to you mm-hmm. that we are development facilitators. Good. A key component of this project that we are implementing, the Northern Ghana Integrated Development Project, mm is the fact that we work with already existing community mm. structures and community organizations. Okay. So what that means is that you have uh, a group of smallholder women farmers mm. who have come together to undertake even some self-help agriculture support or if you like village savings and loans uh-huh. clubs. Uh-huh. What we do then is to facilitate a process or processes where they themselves take the lead. Mm. This is a citizen-led project. Mm-hmm. where they take the lead, identify what they think they mm-hmm. need. So, for example, this nutritional agriculture came out of a result of extensive, you know, uh, uh, community-led entry mm-hmm. and consultations. Mm-hmm. We are also talking about share butter processing, where we are looking at how can we make share butter more clean. Mm-hmm. The young women and the women in the various groups that we are talking about say, look, this is our mainstay. Mm-hmm. We have this as our local economy. If you support us in cleaning it and meeting the demands of the market, mm. what that means is that we export a lot more and that will create a lot more sustainable employment mm. for our people and that will help to stem up some social challenges such as you know the rural urban drift that we are beginning to get mm. because a lot more people will be influenced by the improving income levels. Okay. at the community level. So that is critical. Mm-hmm. We are also talking about the fact that we are uh, promoting a lot more social protection schemes. Okay. When we talk of the government ones, we also look at what the community themselves can lead mm. to create and own and sustain it. So for example, this community level youth-led development clusters are creation of the communities by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they know where the growth poles are. Mm-hmm. And they know what economic activities are required in those growth poles. Okay. So if you implant a project in such an environment, the sustainability mechanisms are ingrained mm. in it from the scratch. And what that means is that it becomes a lot more sustainable. And then we talk about decent work principle. So if these farmers produce their nutritional, from the, or their nutritional gardening, how are they able to sit down and analyze the agriculture value chains Mm. situation confronting them? Mm. Who buys it? What is the interest? Or what is the specifications? What are the quality standards? Mm -hmm. 
that our bias will require. If that happens, what happens is that with the support of the technical people that we work with, CSIR, mm. Ministry of Agriculture, and so on and so forth, they are able to mitigate the hazards that are associated with the value chains that they are working in. And when that happens, we call that decent work. Because we are mitigating some of the hazardous effects, mm -hmm. some of the challenges that they face. So, for example, if they form these clusters, and these clusters grow, grow and are recorded as cooperatives mm. in the districts, and these cooperatives grow and are recognized nationally, regionally, mm. at the district level, what happens is that bias can easily be connected to them. The specification of bias can easily be made clear. Okay. And then the hazards or the weaknesses or the economic challenges that they face in terms of their employment can be improved with the support of these assemblies, can be improved with the support of the Department of Social Welfare, can be improved with the support of even development actors like us linking the community level advocacy actions All right. and uh, with the national level. So it's a uh, well integrated program. Yes. Brilliant stuff. John, thank you. We're still talking to uh, officials who are implementing this program called the CSO Rice Program, the Civil Society Organizations in Research and Innovation for Sustainable Development. It's an EU funded program. They've donated up to 9 million euros for this very important project. There are four implementing partners, including Action Aid, who's John Inkow, just submitting very powerfully on what they are doing in Northern Savannah and Upper East and Upper West regions. We also have the Center for Local Governance Advocacy, who are leveraging on ginger and fish value chain to promote access to decent work and social protection. They are working in the Bono East region. There's also CDO, Serath Development Organization, working in efficient fish smoking technology, capacity building and community education on climate change and enhancing knowledge and access to social protection. They are working in the central and western region. Of course, there's CISS working in our seven regions on linking sustainable agri and organic waste management to social protection and decent work. Now, Mary, let's try and wrap up with two points. Mm. So you started this thing sometime last year, June 2019, I believe. Right. Yeah, for, for the grants partners. Great. Yeah. What will success look like when you're done? How you know that you've succeeded? Mm. Right. So we have a very extensive monitoring evaluation framework that we are using to monitor the success as we go along. In fact, as I speak with you right now, we are in the process of developing an MIS system, mm -hmm. uh, a more technologically, you know, um, system to be able to track the successes of our grant partners. Mm -hmm. And it's as interesting for, I need to emphasize that we have only four grant partners who have received at least 2 million euros each. Hey. The, the grant partners have Yon. at least yep. 2 mil, million euros each yeah, to implement <laughs> the four years project. Oh, it's but, a four-year project. Yes, yeah. okay. but you, if you if you listen to John, mm. you would realize that though the, at the program level we are working with only four grant partners, at the implementation level, mm. the grantees are also working with many more civil society That's and community-based organizations. So, if ActionAid alone is working with one hundred and fifty. Mm community groupings, mm -hmm. then you can know the, the spread of the project. So there's a I multiplier just, effect there. 
excellent. So everybody benefits. Exactly. You know, really. talking economics now. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm actually thinking about Edi Dija. Yeah. <laughs> so you are on, on not, four of you are not chopping all. Everybody. No, exactly. Is so 150. Exactly. Yeah. are local based communities. Yes. For only action aid. Wow. Action aid. So yes. if you look at the others, then it's the a lot others, of. It's, it's a lot. Wow. And, and I. I really want to also emphasize the sustainability part of it. Okay. The fact that all these community-based organizations are really driving the projects. Mm. They are deciding on what they want to do mm. and what kind of support and our partners are only facilitating. I think I missed your question. No, so I was talking about away. how how would success look like? Yeah. So success um, for, for CSO RISE program, like I said, we are measuring the change mm -hmm. that is happening with respect to jobs, mm -hmm. the number of jobs that our grantees are creating. Mm -hmm. So we are not just talking about job creation. We are actually physically creating the jobs. And mm -hmm. we are counting how many young people, how many women are getting jobs, new jobs with new technologies out of this project. Good. We are also looking at the, the levels of poverty mm -hmm. and how the incomes of these beneficiary mm. uh, communities are changing. We will also, we are also continuously measuring the social protection already the safe nets that the government has put in place. So for instance, we talk about the national health insurance, the LEAP program, and all these safe nets. How are these poor people in the community accessing it? Mm -hmm. So we, we are measuring the number of people who before this program were not accessing national health insurance, for instance, and how many of them through the efforts of our grantees are now accessing these uh, social wow. uh, uh, opportunities, Fantastic. social safe net opportunities. Mm. And we are also looking at the decency of the jobs. Okay. You know, so we are not just creating the jobs. We are looking at how this program is changing the quality of lives of people in their workplaces. And ActionAid is not just you know, working at this grade, they are also engaging policymakers to ensure that agriculture is done in a more decent way. Mm -hmm. And remember, we are also providing the innovation and technology. So the ordinary fishmonger is not suffering from the smoke. Her eyes are not going blare because of smoke. We are introducing a more decent way of smoking fish, you know, which makes the work decent. So all these components are being measured as we go along. And the success will be when we have achieved all these. We thank, have our thank, targets and we are Thank you very much, Mary and John. Um, we want to say a big thank you to the EU. Certainly. I think they are the, the people who have conceptualized and also supported this. Mm. And uh, we look forward to sharing success stories when the project is done. Mm -hmm. Um, so I uh, would like to say thank you because you brought only John. I'm sure there are mm. other grandparents who are saying, but why, why aren't we on city? C-L-G-A-C-D-O-C-I-S-S. Why aren't we here? Right. So you need to find them to also kind of talk later on. Mm. I need to mention that mm. the Ministry of Finance Fantastic. is very, very much a part of this, this awesome. program. Awesome. And the EU is not just implementing this directly, but doing it through the Ministry of Finance in collaboration with our civil society partners. Thank you, John Inko from Action Aid. Thank you, Mary Tobinose from the CSO Rice Program. My name is Bernard Avle. That's all we have time for for today's edition of the City Business Edition. Stay with us.